Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a monster exploration podcast where we take a look at monsters from their folkloric origins to their current pop culture incarnations. Hello, I'm Leonard, and today I am joined by Dave. Dave, how are you? I'm I'm doing pretty good. It's the weekend. I am happy to be recording again. Uh, we are we are sans Cameron. Um, he had some obligations to take care of, uh, which is unfortunate because uh, all three of us were looking forward to this particular um, episode. I think, but uh, we will. We will put a pin in it and return at a later time oh, to nice. some more of the, this franchise. So, Leonard, what are we? What, are we, what did we watch for this episode? Yes, we are watching a movie yet again. Finally, I know everybody, and we watched Hellraiser twenty twenty two, the remake. Yeah, I um, you, I, I want to say you behind the scenes curtain reveal um some things we announced to each other in advance and this was kind of one of them um and i want to say leonard you suggested this one yeah i you know uh hey we talk about monsters and cinnabites are pretty monstrous and i figured why not ride the wave the social zeitgeist and talk about a new thing right around the time that it came out uh, and that was literally my only reasoning about behind making this suggestion. Yeah, it came out like two weeks ago, to October seventh. So this month, yes, yes. Um, yeah, we don't. It's been a while since I think we've done something as it came out. Yeah, maybe the um the uh, uh, blind manner. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's been a minute. Uh, yeah, I was uh intrigued. It's it's been a very long time since I've watched a Hellraiser film or any of the Clive Barker like franchise kind of spinoff stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was fun. Twenty years, <laughs> I think it's like like just sat down and watched Hellraiser. It, it hasn't been that long. I think it, a couple years ago, I may have rewatch some of them yeah these are ones that i kind of i'll throw on every now and then um, they're good background noise yeah i've seen them enough of films yeah um they don't do anything new um each time uh, no they I do will, i i will argue that they do less each time um, they're not iterative um no. with the exception of i think the first three yes it's a good little package and it, could have just never gone further than that um aside from the comic books which are really good and we'll talk about those at another time when cameron's back on board uh yeah so this one it it just came out it was directed um by david bruckner who we want we watched well we watched and we discussed the ritual which was really good yes uh, and his previous film to that, I think, was 2009, um, The Signal, 
which was a sort of zombie kind of adjacent one. It, it came out around the same time as Pontypool, I believe. Okay. And both so, are just like a little fresh spin on that. So it's it's around that like what was what was the Stephen King cell? Was that yeah also, yeah cell Pontypool? Yeah. And Let's do weird cell. transmission stuff and mess with people's brains, right? Um, and, Pontypool and, was fun because that was like a weird like bottle episode. A, <laughs> well, it was meme as a, a the actual mimetic transmission of a thing like a concept. Oh right, right. And right. if you heard it, it messed with right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's he's done some fun stuff. Uh, I I wasn't sure what to expect when I realized that this was going to be a David Bruckner film and that it was on Hulu. Um, so the the production on this one in particular, and in the last probably the last like dozen, they're not just not a dozen. The last seven or so um, Hellraiser films has been storied. Like, there's just been a lot of issues. Yes. And and this one in particular was bounced around for, like, ten years. Over and over and over and getting different directors and different producers, different writers. So it's just been, like, a nightmare. Um, and that being the case, uh, the 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 film's fine. Like mm-hmm. it turned out fine given how much it was kicked around. Y- yes. That's always a big worry. Yeah. Production hell is 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 bad for a film, no matter what. Yeah. Um but otherwise, uh yeah, this was a, it's it's a it's a reboot. I really wish that wasn't a a word. I think we've complained about it before reboots reimaginings whatever um they're 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 restarting i guess because it's not dealing with any prior um hellraiser right it isn't even a thing it isn't even a remake of the original no 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 it's not um and the thing is it's not even really thematically either so no there's it's just its own thing there's some similar stuff going on and we'll we'll dig into that. So this movie, um, it's two hours long, and it is centering primarily on the character of Riley, and she is dealing with um, recovering from drug addiction. Yes. So she's living with her brother, and her you know, living with her lover, but she goes and visits him, I guess. Um, and they're, well, I don't think any of them are in like financially stable situation. No, because her brother lives with, like lives with his boyfriend and a roommate in like, what? It has to be a three bedroom apartment unless the roommate lives in the living room. So, yeah, they're just, you know, the economy sucks and it, yeah, but they have a bunch of roommates, um, to kind of get by. And she, Riley, is um, she's not in a good headspace. So she's she's just really trying to get herself moving forward, but it's a lot of backpedaling to do so. Yeah. And her brother's trying to help her, but she's um, 
she just keeps kind of relapsing and he's had enough of it and it, just general i think day-to-day stressors um he ends up kicking her out of the house uh and i guess right prior to that um she had found uh a, a puzzle box yes that her, her boyfriend because they're hurting for money and he's like oh, um i'm he uh he does delivery for like art houses and things mm. and so he lets her know that hey i there's a there's an abandoned like um stockyard what are those called those containers container shipping container yes and um it's people like rich dudes had been storing stuff in there yeah they do just do blind drops um, yeah because uh you know it's the art world and there are things that people are probably stealing <laughs> from other countries and cultures and just dropping there so some you know rich so and so can add it to their uh collection that nobody will ever see yeah and it's probably a way to avoid customs and all kinds of exactly. other 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 um legal problems but anyway uh he's like um whatever they have is it's, it's like millionaire or something so something's it's got to be worth something whatever's in that container no one's come by to claim it it's just still sitting there um i can get us that if you're willing to help me like steal it and we'll sell it and split the split the money and then we can just like live you know off of that and not have to worry about your brother and, and all this other mess and in doing so they they find a, a puzzle box and that that particular box is something that opens a portal to hell and summons particular demons uh to punish basically whoever was like messing with the box yes uh specifically in this one because uh we're gonna there are gonna be a lot of parallels and discussion about it in relation to at least the first two films uh but it opening the box isn't enough in this one the box has a uh, an assassin's creed blade built into it <laughs> that stabs you and and that's the 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 stabbing is the the catalyst for the hell taking yeah when you get stabbed by the little knife um you're marked and you are rendered a so it's kind of um reminds me of the uh, mark of sacrifice in uh, berserk Mm -hmm. like you get tagged with this and then demons come after you yes and they'll keep coming after you until you're dead it's it's one-to-one so that's what happens there um the box itself has six different forms it can take, or rather that you're supposed to put it into these configurations. And uh, once they're all used up, like each one requires a sacrifice to like activate mm-hmm. and you can move to the next step. So whoever is holding the box on the sixth transformation of it um, gets to meet with uh, Leviathan which is like the overlord of hell and then you're you're granted a boon. Yes. And you get to pick from one of six things. So, the movie we'll get into that a little bit. So, Riley has the box and then she gets kicked out of um, her brother's house. Her brother comes out to uh try to like 
he's not really making up with her. He's just checking on her. Yeah. Well, she uh, she she uh, um, solves one of the configurations yeah. uh, and avoids being stabbed by the knife, and then has a horrific dream that somehow also wakes her brother up uh, and sends him looking for her. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So he he goes out and looks for her, and then he accidentally gets dinged by the the knife, and he is sacrificed. Um, and then. Without doing a play-by-play, so we don't need to. Uh, her, her quest is to try to save her brother. Yes. She has to figure out what to do to bring him back. Because you know she doesn't. She has no idea what happened to him. She was like, she had taken pills. She was back on the the wagon, and um, does not remember like what happened. Exactly. She didn't see it. Right. So he just vanished, and so she's trying to retrace, like, what happened, and does that have something to do with this weird box? Because she's been seeing demons and weird stuff. So she she gets her boyfriend to um, try to help her out, and they track down um, the, la- the, the previous... Um, Somebody owner. It's the uh, title holder, I guess, of the um, the container. Yes. Who was the uh, accountant? I believe. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, assistant. Yes. Uh, uh, a woman who who had various tasks uh, in relation to an obscenely rich person yeah. that had the Hellraiser box beforehand. So, so if you, yeah. if you're familiar, you probably understand what this character was doing. Yeah, she um, that's so it's Serena Miniker. She's um, a Voight's lawyer. Voight is the owner of that container and the, the current owner of the box. Yes. Or was as of six years ago, prior to um, Riley's part in this story. Yeah, so they track down Serena, and that goes all kinds of sideways. Goes real bad. Goes real bad. And then they ultimately make their way, they do some internet research. And make their way to voice like mansion. I just have to say that I the, the thing. So like I kind of always roll my eyes when when characters do internet research in. Modern That's why I, like I tried to say it in quotes. <laughs> but there was one thing that saved it for me, which is the like very accurate like typing in of his name, where it's like the first she accidentally capitalizes the first two letters of his name and then like the search engine has to autocorrect the spelling on his last name and i was like you know what i appreciate that because that feels very real oh yeah they probably had like a, you know they just made a fake web page oh yeah so it actually google auto filled yes yeah it's um that that's that's what happens. They <laughs> go to his mansion and they find out that it's a um a weird like thirteen ghost like sex mansion. <laughs> yep, that's what I took away from thirteen ghosts. All right, 
hey, if if only that had been, <laughs> that would have made that movie a little bit more interesting. Um, and they, well, yes, the two of them go there uh, to find out that um, her brother's boyfriend and and roommate um, track them as well. So they all, it's all of them. Yes. Eventually there at the mansion. She, she, yeah, she ends up there on her own and ends up doing a bunch of research and because, uh, yeah, her, her boyfriend tried to like run away with the box and so she got mad. Yeah. And left and did, did the thing on her own. She decided to Velma on her own and then the rest of the Scooby gang show up after nightfall. Yeah, and it just goes from there to them uncovering, because she finds a diary, um, Voight's diary, uh, or just a notebook, notebook, really, a nicely embossed one. Um, Obviously, some good custom work, but uh, it has pages of his uh, discovery of the box, and she's flipping through the pages like really quickly, but there's a lot of it's, it's hand, fully handwritten. Like all the pages are filled with like notes. Um, and so I was like pausing, trying to like read them individually. Cause she's just flipping really fast. And it, it looked like initially Voight may have had a wife that died. Okay. And was searching for, her, or he just attributes that to, um, pinhead. Okay. Because he's discussing, he keeps saying she, but it's in capital. Ah, uh, oh, like right. all the time. And um, the the unfortunately, like the page is cut off uh, on the screen, so you can't you can only read bits of it. But um, there's paragraphs specifically devoted to like Pinhead and him, Void uh, talking about the Cenobites and um, what what he hopes to get from them. Mm-hmm. Because he's bored and he's crazy rich and he's had all of the, he's tasted all of the pleasures of the world and he's world weary. Right. He wants more. And so uh, it turns out that he did the six sacrifices and summoned Leviathan and then made a wish, you know, or made, you know, he asked for a specific boon. (laughs) And so. Yeah, the, um, the the six boons you can get um, are you can ask for um, lament, which is life, the boon of life, lore, which is knowledge, laudant, which is love, liminal, sensation, Lazarus, resurrection, and then Leviathan, uh, power. Yes. So you can ask for one of those things. And he asked for sensation. And then he asked for he... sensation from like. They're murder shark butchers. Like, I don't, (laughs) I just don't, uh, he's watched six people get ripped apart. Yes. But he also like describes them as angels. Oh yeah. No, he's like, he's really waxing poetic on when they appear and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, was he, he get, he was, he get, he gets, uh, a lock, a string instrument inserted. It's like a harp. Into, yeah, inserted into his sternum. That uh, yeah, it's not through his sternum. It's through his whole spine. It replaces his spine. Yeah, because it it pops through 
and restrings his nerves from his spinal cord into like um uh it's not a, a music box. Yeah, that yes, yes. Um, and it it winds its its little wheel. Um, I don't know every couple minutes and basically blocks his his entire nervous system. Yep. Yeah, it's really good. It's the only thing in like uh, it's the only thing in the movie where I was like, man, that is actually conceptually awful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's messed up. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, that's the worst. Especially because there's a scene where he he's like trying to remove it, so he's taking like a pair of like wire cutters, and I'm like, dude, those are your nerves. Stop, dude. I don't want to see. <laughs> yeah, he like clicked it, and it was like, and he was gonna. He just passed out. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just touch a bear with or anything really. Yep. Yeah, it's real good. Um Yeah, that's 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 the plot. They um they're trying to or rather um she's trying to figure out what happened to her brother. Uh and she's now seeing like the ghost of her brother and he's like, You bring me back from hell. Yes. You know, and so she hears the uh or she's specifically here, she's told the um six configurations and they're like yeah you can wish for whatever if you're holding a thing uh, otherwise we're gonna take you because you you you've been jabbed by the knife even though she hasn't that's the thing that drives me that's the thing that kind of drives me nuts about this movie which is that she got away like she she, she just touched the box she solved the puzzle but she didn't get stabbed and they're like yeah that doesn't work for us like now you need to find somebody to take your place and i'm like mm, the mechanics are you have to get stabbed by she this she got stabbed did she point. yeah i guess i was missing that yeah no i guess yeah, i know she got stabbed um um the the she was like yeah i'm not going to play this game and i want to say pinhead just like looked at the little box and it popped the knife out oh i must have i must have missed that yeah i'm pretty I'm sure just, I've, I've watched this like three times at this point uh, and that was the thing that what drove me nuts about it i'm like no no you don't get to like dictate now she needs to find somebody else because the first time she solved it she she didn't get stabbed and yeah no she she gets stabbed later when she said she wasn't gonna do it okay she's like how about i just don't play and they're like, yeah, you can't stop in the middle of it. So it, it popped a, the, the little blade out on its own. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Now I remember. Yeah. It's when they're like on the little bridge or whatever, like the, it, after the car crash. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's the plot there. She's trying to resurrect her brother um, initially. Yes. And. Um, has to come to terms with like his ultimate fate and what it means to have been sacrificed Mm -hmm. and, and have been the cause for him to have been sacrificed. Yeah. Like she comes playing with the box. It was her fault. Right. Like she has to, at the, at the end of the film, she comes to the realization that, that nothing that the Cenobites can give her will ever be what she actually wants. It's always going to be a monkey paw situation. So she chooses nothing. Uh, uh, 
which is which lament. was a choice in itself. Yes, <laughs> you, you don't get to choose nothing. Uh, yeah, she chooses uh, life. If, if, yeah, life and everlasting grief of and remorse for understanding that her actions like got a lot of people killed. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the plot of the movie. Um, thematically. This is not, to me, as strong as the first Hellraiser. Okay. So, in the first Hellraiser, um, it's the same general setup. Someone's searching for ultimate pleasure, and they find out that it doesn't exist. And not in, from hell, anyway. Um, and the the final girl um kirsty in the, the first movie uh she's moved in to um her her yes her dad her dad and stepmom are in a new house yes and it was um i don't even think it was a new house it was their un- un- her uncle's house uncle frank yes. oh right right and frank was the last person that had been messing with the box and he got um, Hellraisered. Yeah, he got chained. <laughs> yeah, he got he got blended. Um, and her stepmom and dad uh, are getting getting it on up in like the attic where Frank's room was, and he, um, her dad gets cut. I think. And yes, the blood. Uh, revive like so how it works is if you're messing with um one of the puzzle box it doesn't have to specifically be a puzzle box um because le marchand um the guy that made the box yes he made like a bunch of things he's a toy maker and they're all like cursed devices like on accident yep and if you get if you mess with one of the devices, doesn't matter what it is, um, you get visited by forces from hell. Because it's not specifically always a centibites. There's other creatures, other mm-hmm. orders, and um, you get pulled to hell. And on that spot where you died, generally the boxes or whatever it is is still there. Like it does, it, it, it can't be taken into hell. It's not supposed to. It's supposed to only exist on Earth. Right. Um, but wherever you were pulled in, it becomes a, a a new gateway. And if blood and presumably other bodily fluids, if other fluids uh, come in contact with that space, um, you can be pulled back to Earth. Yeah. Sands like your skin. You just That's just how it works. It's like the Terminator. When you go back in time, you have to be naked. Well, in this, you just can't have skin. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you get your bones and your muscles back, no skin. No skin. But you can get, you can get it back, but you basically become a weird zombie vampire. You have to like consume people. Yes. Um to get your skin back on. Or you can wear a skin suit, which is what happens with Frank. Frank kills his brother and um takes his skin and pretends to be um Kirsty's dad. Yep. Um, because he's he comes back because he wants to get it on with uh, um, 
remember the stepmother but, uh, stepmother because yeah. they were already in they were in a, a relationship prior to her um marrying his brother yes it's very fairy tale-ish actually yeah yeah that's that's the the weird vibe of it <laughs> yeah. um but it's a tone it's a very specific thing so Kirsty um discovers stumbles it. yeah she stumbles upon the box and uh uses it accidentally to summon the Cenobites. Yes. The Cenobites realize that she's like they're they're hunting Frank because he escaped. He, well, th- they're going to take her and then she's yeah. like, "Hey." She makes a bargain. Yeah, she's like, "Hey, there's a damn soul like in in the yeah. house. I, I take him." And Pinhead's like nobody's ever escaped from us. And she's like, no, I've seen him. And she's like, and he's like, all right, well, we're gonna trust you, but if you fool us, gonna get it. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna come with us. That, so, that that famous Pinhead line: "If you trick us, you're gonna get it." Yeah, that's just that's how he do. <laughs> um, yeah. So th- there's that bargaining. Like that's an option. Yes. Um, and there is a sense of um I can't even like the the word I want is not coming to my mind. Um it's not really fairness. That's not the word. Um, um moral? Like he has he has a specific set of morals yes and uh he was not gonna welch on a deal <laughs> kind of except for when he does there's there's sometimes the you know of, literally at the end of the movie <laughs> yeah but in in so the cenobites when they want to get something they're open to negotiation yes for like a little bit and generally they'll stick to it. Yeah. But I wouldn't place a bet on that. Yeah, they're not trustworthy. <laughs> no, not really, but they're um there is They a like sense... presenting themselves as fair. Yeah. Well, and the things that they their compass is a little skewed. You're right, exactly. So they're divorced um specifically in in the lore. Uh when you become a Cenobite, you kind of shed your human self and you lose a lot of your memories mm-hmm. on purpose. Like when they're created, that's that's taken away. Right. Um, because that makes them more efficient in what they're in in their jobs. Um, of basically just going to collect whoever was messing with the puzzles. Right. Um, so they might do a bargain or a deal and um, they'll probably hold to it, but you got to be real specific with them and <laughs> you better have something like immediate, <laughs> which is weird because they have like infinite patience because they're basically immortal, yes. but they're on a time schedule. They're like on a crunch. They gotta yeah, yeah. There's, there's a weird bureaucracy with the Cenobites in hell in the mm-hmm. Hellraiser series. Yeah, I mean, they're not... Um, they're beholden to the will of hell. 
So the stuff they do in general is because they're like, um, they're, they're commanded to, but it's not like always verbal commands. It's more like a, um, a force compelled. That's what I wanted to say. They are compelled to do things or compelled to go pick up people. Like that's not really what they are. That's not what they're about. Right. Like they have their own drives and their own lives in hell. Um, but they're just stuck on this. Like this is just their day job. Right. It's um, the, it's the thing that they need to do. It's their function. And we're, yeah. we're, we're going to get into it. And uh, because I think that's actually one of the aspects that I like most about uh, 2022 um, is that it's less of, I need to do something, something or have an agenda of your own and only like fulfilling a function. Yeah. And um, I, I didn't want to camp on the first one. I was just like trying to draw some comparisons. So the things that are kind of happening in the original 1987 Hellraiser, that tone isn't in this one. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I pressed play and started watching this, the opening segment, um, uh, it was in like Budapest or Belarus. Uh, yeah. Uh, Belarus, yes. maybe. Um, no, Belfast. No. Be- yes. Be- Wasn't it Belfast? Belfast. So it'll be um, in Eastern Europe. Yes. Uh, so it's there. It's grungy. It looked to me like, um, I wouldn't have even said contemporary, even though that's what it is. Mm -hmm. The feel and the film, the cinematography of it, like the mood that it was striking, was giving me early 2000s fear.com. Really? That's interesting because I kind of liked, so I liked that it was clearly supposed to be contemporary. Um, and yeah, they give us uh, a location name at the beginning. They don't for the rest of the film. Um, and a lot of the places look actually kind of European, even though. We because see it a, was filmed. <laughs> it was filmed in Europe. Okay. Even though we see like a, a city skyline and it looks like contemporary, like Canadian and American environment or maybe it wasn't. Um, but I kind of, it reminded me of the beginning, like the Frank backstory from the first one where it's like, there's this really very, um, oh, it's when he's like getting the box and he's like in Vietnam because he was a soldier and that's where he gets yeah, the box. Yeah, he was in, in India. Yeah, okay, yeah. And that's that's what that reminded me of when I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's kind of like a fun, interesting nod to the first one. Like, it's not explicit, and I, I certainly hope I don't see a Frank in this. I don't want this to be, like, a conceptual remake of the first one, but I kind of like, like, far corners of the earth, somebody finds this box, and something bad's going to happen from there. Yeah. So our our geography is terrible. It's in it was in Belgrade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It's well, be not yeah, definitely right. not Belfast. <laughs> not even the same. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um uh Belgrade. But that's where they filmed it. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Or at least their principal photography. Um, no, so that part of it, mm-hmm. that look is what I wanted. Okay. The film didn't like continue to do that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it did do immediately thereafter, so it was a weird um, early 90s pull, I guess. So when they're in the apartments um, and then they go to like the uh, she's she's chilling on like the little um, merry-go-round. Merry-go-round, yeah. Yeah, at the park. Yes. And there's a little bathroom and her brother goes in the bathroom. So all of that was Candyman to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like the original Candyman. Mm-hmm. Make a clarification because <laughs> there's the new one. Right. Um, so those are the vibes I was getting. And then like it just kind of like didn't. It dipped a toe in and then didn't really sit on that. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't give me that vibe for like the movie. For the entirety of the movie. No. Yeah. Yeah, because overall, I think that this movie looks really good and is really well shot. But I do understand, like, the grit and grime from, like, that bottle opening of of the box acquisition to, like, the Candyman as she's taking the pills because she's just gotten kicked out of the apartment. And the, the only thing she has is her stuff in a suitcase and the puzzle box. Um, and and the merry-go-rounds sequence, yeah, it I I do I do get that. I I guess I was kind of enamored with wow, this actually lo- like is shot competently and lit competently, and like looks like a good movie. Um, because I'm so used to Hellraiser films not looking like real movies at this point. Yeah, a lot of them were well, except for the fourth. Everything after the fourth one didn't get a theatrical release. No. They're just direct to video. Um, so, yeah, this one, the cinematography was really good. Uh, when it's dark, it's it was too dark, and I lost it because I'm watching this on my phone. Oh, okay. So I, like, completely, I couldn't see anything that was not night scene, but, like, if it's a dark scene mm-hmm. where there's not much on-set lights, like, I couldn't, I didn't know what was going on. Which unfortunately meant a lot of times when the Cenobites showed up, it was very dark and I couldn't see them. Right. So and, and, I was they, like, the, the other part that was the fun thing to do was look at them and I, I, I didn't get to, I saw them like on a close up. Right. And admittedly, they are shot very, like deliberately shot very dark, very, like throughout most of the movie because it well, is. They're, they're backlit a lot. Right. Um, and and they're doing the, 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 we, we've got them here, but we're not going to like give you too much detail, slow trickle and until the finale where you get to see them all in their glory. I mean, I'm fine with that. Like that's, that was evocative. Um, I will say that the hospital scene, um, I mean, not everything has to be, a, and I'm not saying that these are like callbacks to movies, but the feeling I got was like Exorcist 3 in the hospital. Oh, yeah. No, I can see it. So that's that's the things that I was like latching onto. I, I, I like the vibe they're doing with that, and I wanted that to be more of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I would say just on a, like my personal criticism, of the film and this I think maybe have to do with um the director's style um because it it's stuff that pops up in um the ritual uh and because of the um the 
not the production. Yeah, yeah, it's the production. So because this came on Hulu, it's like a Disney channel. <laughs> like Hulu's part of Disney. So right. this was... I'll back up slightly. <laughs> um, when you mentioned like, hey, let's watch Hellraiser. And I was like, I'm on board. But I have to... Uh, I have to gear myself up to watch like graphic violence. Like I'm not always in the headspace to go. That's what I want to watch on my day off or whatever. Wait, you're not already uh, always ready to go and watch itchy, the killer day. Yeah, I know you, that's weird. Huh? You think, <laughs> but um, yeah, Hellraiser sits in a weird zone for me. Like my, because I watched that when I was little, like it's a formative yeah, yeah. Experience, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it sits in a very specific headspace, like the fly. And yes. We, you know, we we've did, we've talked about this before, but this is episode two hundred something. So, um, it's somebody. I basically first. watched this when I was like a child. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I was I don't know nine, eight yes. or nine, watching Hellraiser, uh, and the 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 goopy gore <laughs> yeah um was very much present in that movie right so in my head going forward for any of the other movies and particularly i think um the most egregious i guess of the ones that i enjoyed watching was 3 yeah three just like really digs into the violence um the with the nightclub scene and everything yep so that's where Hellraiser lives to me mm-hmm. like that. It sits in that. Um, so I had to go, okay, I have to be like in a space to watch people getting ripped apart by hooks. Like, <laughs> right. You know, okay. That's not, not always like the thing I want. Um, and this movie doesn't do that. No. It, it's it cleaner do and classier than like it, 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 than Hellraiser three. It is a classier yeah. movie than Hellraiser. 3. But it didn't need to be. Um, yes, it, 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 it's to its detriment. I kind of appreciate that it wasn't actually. Yeah, I mean, I I get that, but the thing is, one they used like CG blood. Yeah, which is bad. That's never good. Um. I mean, you know, we're about practical effects. Right. We love practical effects. So the 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 makeup and the Cenobites, it's all practical effects. That's great. Um, The gore parts, the little bit that they do, well, there's a couple that are practical effects. But all the um, hand knife stuff, the all the puzzle box, like knife stab stuff looks like practical effects. Yeah, yeah. The um, It's really just explosions people explosions oh yeah, yeah. um it's fake yes looking, yes it's cg um but that that's not even like that wasn't even the issue that i was backtracking to go <laughs> get to so uh what they don't do and in this movie they like to tell you and not show you yeah and if you're if your tagline of your primary villain 
is I have such sights to show you. And you, then you don't show anything. It's like, a, it's just a big letdown. So <laughs> I can't say the film is chased, but it feels that way. Especially like the middle. Like yeah. this wasn't like, I was like, oh, it, this just feels like Hellraiser light. I, uh, so I, so in, in, in particular, the two instances, so when um, Riley's brother um, is disappeared. Yes. He's just disappeared. You don't see what happens to him. You you understand it. I mean, you, you know, because it's telegraphing it. But it's like, it's kind of a letdown. Like, I wanted to see something. It, it's not it, not cut away and hear him screaming. Okay, it, it's it's interesting because like because he for me because like he's the catalyst of her story. He's he's the princess in the castle that needs to be saved. Um, even though she never gets there, um, it feels like it would have been like really weird and exploited because I actually did think about this. Uh, or watching it the second time and i was like it would feel like really weird and exploitative if we watched this guy get ripped apart for the sin of accidentally getting cut while trying to like make sure that his sister wasn't overdosing <laughs> so i'm like in the position of like man i would have liked like you don't want to see it happen to a bad person uh which feels like me revisiting like the early 2000s where every horror movie had to have a cast of like the most insufferable people ever so you could feel good about them getting murdered and i don't think i would felt good about matt her brother getting murdered yeah i mean you're not supposed to um and and that like i get your point yes it makes sense and i mean i thought about that too because she she doesn't see, and because we're in her shoes, like it has to be left up to like maybe she can save him, right? You're, you're it's something that you you need to work with the audience to like give them something. Um, but they do it again with the lawyer. Oh, yeah. and I thought that I was I was more that was more upset with that happened. I was like. Because then that set of precedents, like, is that, are they just going to do that for everybody? Because that's real boring. Honestly, that felt like that got that scene got cut short. Like, no, it, it may have. I, mean, I think like they I, it, like there's. It feels like like that. What? Because it is. It is like basically nothing and then a cutaway oh uh, it's a big build-up too yes that's why i'm like like oh i think like it spends like three minutes having her like having a breathing fit and then thinking she's getting away like sneaking a sneaking yeah. mission and then that didn't happen and there's like they're they've you know they made a she's boxed in yes and then it cuts just like i they just make you feel cheated yeah like i i will agree with you about the lawyer because the once again watching it the second time i was like i'm almost positive that there had to have been more for that sequence because that's like really nothing and they build it up to like a big like and then she gets completely like blendered 
in the Silent Hill version of the hospital that she's in. Yeah. So the the yeah the bigger issue to me was I I mean I had to like talk myself up to go watch the movie in the first place. <laughs> you know, and then I'm like I'm all loins are girded and then it's just like now nothing's happening yeah like this is the second one in a row where it didn't didn't show a violence that i'm expecting like i don't need it to happen but you're trading on a on an entire franchise that's what it does right that's like let's watch saw number 12 but uh uh-huh they're not going to show anything yeah you know, or, and, and, and or you know, this isn't more, more, more appropriate to, to Hellraiser, a hostile sequel. Yeah, and again, I'm not looking for like that torture porn, right? Um, but just going, hey, if you're rebooting this in the first, you know, couple, all sort of neatly tied up bits of the series, you're not even giving us that much. It's like why? Why did you make it? Like, <laughs> what's going on? I, I I have heard a lot of that too. Of like, it feels really unnecessary, and because it's not not ultra violent, it's not. It, it isn't. It doesn't trade in a lot of the stuff that people who know and would be excited for Hellraiser trades in. Um, and I'm uh, so I had, if, if I may, for just a little bit, I had a real interesting journey while watching this movie, uh, especially for the second time, which was realizing that the most interesting aspect of Hellraiser is actually the least interesting aspect, which are the Cenobites, because once again, as they're presented in this film, they're just functions of 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 the system like they they don't have any motive other than doing the thing that they do which is they come to collect when somebody else solves uh, solves the box and cuts themselves and that's it and i'm like but they're so interesting looking but there there's nothing there and i'm like is the only way to make this series a thing is to like limit it to six films and have it deal with like one aspect of the config of the six configurations because I think that's like the like and as an anthology and and I think that's the only way that it it works because yeah the the Cenobites are visually striking but they're 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 like. They just they just are ciphers. reactive. Not like, yeah, they're reactive to what yeah. the humans are doing in the narrative. When it doesn't have to be like that's the that's the thing is like it can be anything as a sacrifice. Maybe it just has to be a person, but technically since the Cenobites were people, they count. <laughs> yep. Because that's what it plays with. Yep. And that's that's one of the goofiest bit of CG gore in the film. Yeah, I am um... I can get past the CG stuff like that's it's fine on certain things like that part was dark for me. So, okay, yeah, it it, it conveyed what happened like that, whatever. Um, 
Yeah, I think it just lost me when it had the lawyer. Like, it just cut away. And I'm like, what? Right. Oh, you're just not going to show well, anything. Yeah, what? Now you did it twice. Uh, technically, almost three times because it really didn't show the first dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's... <laughs> I did want to. Well, I'm not not going to camp on it. Um, when it went to the um, the sex mansion, <laughs> uh huh. It's the most like sedate and boring scene of the dude just kind of like walking through, and you're going to what? Yes. This isn't even like a zany party. This isn't even eyes wide shut level. It's like I don't know. They're all on what's a Xanax? What's what's the thing that makes you Ambient? boring? Yeah. <laughs> um don't ask me why. Don't I, I don't know. Why. Don't um, ask me why I know it was ambient, but I do. Um it, it is it is a very chase. They are once again very much in love with, the, and it's the problem that you mentioned, which is telling, like telling he like he was a hedonist and he had weird sex parties. And yeah, the fir- the first thing that they show is him having like a very sedate, like rich person party where he kind of tricks somebody into solving the final configuration yeah like the sixth person he had like a list of the people that he did that one of them was a gardener (laughs) yeah he just was picking people Um, and i I also love that they're like because this is all comes up when when uh riley's doing the uh, internet search which is like he hasn't been seen for six years so he's presumed dead and i'm like no, people, if you're rich enough, you can just fall off the face of the planet for six years. Like, why Why does anyone assume that he's dead? Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know. I just, like, I was, it opens with that scene, pretty much. And I'm just like, mm, but th- is this rated R? This is boring. <laughs> like, I don't need crazy graphic stuff happening. Right. That's not like not what I'm getting but at. But you really. need it it's, to it's, be it's, as it's extreme as Hellraiser has been previously. Yeah, I mean, just something like it's. It felt like oh, here's a rich guy's weird party. It just looks like a regular party. There's one little room in the corner when it like he the the kid like walked past and was like oh sexy room. All right, but it's like okay, I guess it was point five second of sexy room. Like, show me that this guy's a hedonist. Like that—that's what I want. Like, right? That's how you me. Right. That's how you need to get the point across. Yeah, I just wanted the movie to show me. Show me the sights. Show me something because it's not right. It's telling me a lot of stuff, and so that's where it falls apart for me. Mm-hmm. That being said, I enjoyed um, all of the performances uh, by the Cenobites. Yes. Like, they all did a very good job in, in doing their job. Yes. Um, love and the then, new chatter design. Like all the designs are fantastic. Yeah. Um, Asphyx is like real messed up. <laughs> yeah. And the weeper and um, 
I don't know what the one with the opened head is. Oh, the um, the gasp. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, the gasp. Yeah. So the gasp, like, is well, the weeper got a couple. The gasp got the most like lines. Yes. And did a great job. And I think that that's what I liked was that you, they got, were able to engage with more than one Cenobite. It's mm-hmm. not just Pinhead, like, delivering all the lines. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, it's, it, it's a, it, it, delegates work. Delegates work to, it doesn't have to be there all the time. The, the Gasp is the middle manager of the Cenobite firm. Yeah. So I will say the one part that I thought that they delivered on what I was expecting for the movie um, Mm -hmm. was with Nora. Yes. And specifically when Pinhead is like, um, uh, it's like, I, I don't know the the music of hell or something is whatever we want or something. And then just, and pokes the neck and then, goes and changes like the vocal cord yes like that was really well done yes yeah it is the it is the most hellraisery thing in hellraiser i was expecting that stuff like more more and then i'm going well you show me the one thing but you don't have enough people left (laughs) there's not enough uh sacrifices to to continue this and then they, they definitely didn't and and also like it's also used on the character that has the least characterization in the film. Yeah, Nora just was there for this for for a kill count, right? Yeah, and that's kind of messed up. Um, it is. Didn't give anything else. The brother just was angry, and then and not even not even angry, like reasonable, like yeah, hey, yeah, I'm I mean, tr- yeah, yeah. It's it's just like. No, like the the boyfriend who we surprise 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 uh, was working for Voight the entire time because that wasn't super obvious. Um, like that wasn't a surprise. That's supposed to be a big twist, and I'm like, yeah, mm, yeah. And he was a he was a tool. So yeah, exactly. And so like yeah, he's the only the... one you're happy to see die. Well, him yeah. and Voight. But like everybody else, and there's there's like if so, there's always been like this very Lovecrafty adjacent thing to, for me and Hellraiser, which is like you know the Cenobites they do their jobs, they're unfeeling, they're uncaring, they 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 it's it's once again they're just functions of this like universal truth, which is Leviathan, and that pleasure is pain, and vice versa. And it's just, but that's it. That's all that they've got going for them. So you've got to have people drive the narrative. Unless you get to sit in camp with like what they do in hell. Right. Which happens in the comics so we want to discuss that at a later point because that like is far more interesting right that has you know levels of bureaucracy and backstabbing and double dealing and you know it's just fun because mm-hmm. they get to talk and they all talk okay and they so that they, they, they're yeah they're they given have lives outside person, of right. this job 
personalities outside yeah. of the collecting. Yeah, it's not like not all of them, you know, but right. there's some given to some of them. Um, and, and it makes them stronger as characters because this <laughs> is just a one off. You're just like, oh, okay, you're weird looking and that looks like it hurts. And so you explore the furthest reach. I did like Pinhead. Pinhead's um, actress was like great. Totally selling it. And um, yeah, just her discussions with Voight Mm -hmm. were, were fantastic. Um, I I do really I also just want to point out like one of the like very minor aesthetic changes, which is I kind of really adore the use of the pearl tipped pins for all of the Cenobites in 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 this one, like yeah. to just soften the harshness of like the mutilate the bodily mutilations. Yeah. Um, there was something on there on the the makeup. Um, that was maybe because it looked like it was latex. Mm-hmm. So that took me out of a little bit. That that's the thing with the um the original f- first few films because they're in like uh, pseudo bondage gear, right? It's covering more of the body, so the the bits that they're like um, mutilated is stands out more, and they did they, they it's leaking blood and things. It, it looks mm. more fresh, right? This is like happened a long time ago, and they just look like this now, right? So I I don't know if I like that aesthetic as much. Mm-hmm. Like it's not as affecting. It's it's again, it's like not that it's chased. This is definitely not that. But it's um, it's it's kind of healed. Yeah, it's going. It feels like it's, and once again, it's weird because it's a Hellraiser movie. It feels like it's going less for shock with a lot of the the things like violence. Yeah, it's trying to do like conceptual heavy handedness and not yes. like visually, but that's weird because it's a movie and it needs to be more visual. Right. But I do, but I did really like, like I did really like the kind of like molding and twisting. Like there's an, there's an aspect, especially with, with Pinhead and, and uh, their, um, their mutilations where it feels like, um, when somebody does the braiding with a bonsai tree. Yeah, it's it's all um artfully grotesque. Yes. It it's done with a purpose in mind. It's not just like random it's it's symmetrical. Yes. Also. Mm-hmm. Um and that's something we get like uh we're, we're, we are granted eyes and get to see exactly how that all kind of works at the end of the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that that's my, and the same thing, like that's the same issue that happens at the end of the movie is that it's bloodless. And that's the problem. Um, yeah. Visually. It is. Yeah. 
And so that's was weird. And I mean, I guess technically they're dead. I don't. It's just it, it's it's not as strong. Like the design is, uh, again, it's well done. Mm-hmm. Like they're very cool looking. Um, but because of that, they're not scary. Right. I mean, you wouldn't want to see them in like real life. That would be horrifying. <laughs> but in in the movie vision like as a as an audience member Hmm. they're just it's not as frightening the whole movie is not scary no yes i will agree with you it's not eliciting like a fear response when i watch this movie i i I will agree with you on that one and i I, and and i felt that watching it the the times that i watched it and there was a part of me where i'm like well i'm also seeing like all of this weird cross-pollination between it and the second film, because it's hitting, like, so many tone, like, hitting so many plot points up between the first and second Hellraiser, and kind of condensing them in, for me, what was, like, a really satisfying way, because I think those are the two strongest films, like, as horror films. Like, once again, threes, like, bloody gore fest and gross uh but i like one and two as like a complete story arc yeah and it's something that so in this film riley grows as a person yes and that's important because you need character growth in like at least your your protagonist uh it'd be great if it was in some of the other people too but they didn't have enough character to grow right right um even the boyfriend just was like <laughs> yes. a one-off. He's just a dude. He's a dude, and he's there to be concerned. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> he's not really helping. No, not really. He do much of anything other than get hurt. Yeah, um, he has valid points, and <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I told you to like just come back inside." Would have changed a lot of things. Um. And he seemed like a good guy. Yeah. Like, and that's the same thing with like her brother, Matt, like the, the, the the dynamics in that relationship, um, were, they weren't tenable. I mean, she's self-destructive, uh, but that's not like an irredeemable thing. Yeah. Like she's trying. Yes. They're all hard. They're all weirdly stock. Um, like, like she once again troubled troubled uh uh troubled person in recovery uh loving brother that is tired of her nonsense um non personality boyfriend uh non personality roommate betraying love interest for main character they're all and, and crazy billionaire hedonist um they're all very very stock characters, yeah. She reminded me of Luke from um, Hunting on Hill House. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, I get that. Even then, I think Luke still... Well, once again, it's well, a movie versus a Luke. miniseries. So, like, yeah. Um, yeah, so, like Kirsty in 1 and 2, primarily, um, uh, Riley, she she gets her arc, she learns a very valuable uh, life lesson um, at the expense of 
several people. Yes. Um, but she doesn't she doesn't end the movie the way she starts. Right. You know. And she is of course uh, <laughs> unpurposefully chosen the lament configuration. Because yes. as you get to live, you just have to live with whatever you've done. Right. All of that regret. Yeah. That's the and, monkey's and, paw. Yeah, I mean, that's the monkey's paw, but I think out of... I, we just have to guess, because we've only seen two, uh, or I guess technically three, three. of the <laughs> six. Uh, that's the probably the only one that you should ever pick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the, hey, German decided, said, hey, I'm going to kill you and you'll forget the dream. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I like that they at least did her that way. Yes. Like, that's, that was satisfying as far as, like, her character was concerned. Um, that she had to just like learn to let go. Yeah, and accept. because there, because there's yeah, except like there's some things that are beyond her control, uh, which is hard because she's been addicted to drugs and and alcohol and all you know various tough things for she's like twenty years old maybe, right, and um, it's. Well, yes, it's of course, of course, it's unfortunate. This is a terrible situation. Um, but it was things that are like outside of her control. Like she d- had no control in any of it, and the only control she had was to say, "I'm stepping away from it." Yeah, which is basically the thing that she says when she's trying to do the twelve step program. Right. Like that's just it's it's it's, it's making. They're both literal things. One isn't a metaphor for the other, but um, they, they parallel. Mm-hmm. This is just, I think, a little bit more serious. Not to belittle anyone's addictions. Oh but, yeah, um, absolutely. Like this, ha- this, the stakes in this are like other people's lives, like very visibly. And she didn't have a hand in that either. Like, it's 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 all accidental. Except for when she on purpose stabs somebody with the, the box, right? Yeah, um, and that's the thing. I, I wish that there was more space to like give the others some more characterization rather than just have them be like body count. Mm. I'm glad that the boyfriend, um, like left with her. Yes, yes, because that would have been like. I wouldn't. I, I would have been really upset. This is the few one of the few times where it's like, oh. I don't like when it's just one survivor mm-hmm. in this kind of film. Sometimes it's like, okay, yeah, that's a, a, a triumph. But in this, it's like, no, it just would have been really mean. Yeah, especially with the revelation of uh, her boyfriend was in on it the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it had to kind of go down that way. I will say that the CG for the weird loop um, razor wire things was cool. Yeah, yes. So I did. I did like that because I wouldn't. I don't even know how you would do that otherwise. But that was neat of the weird CG stuff. Yeah. I, so I, 
I I think I liked it more than you did, but even then I can say that I liked it because it once again it's a really it, it it's predicated purely on on my experience with the first two films and like them taking what I considered like the best and most interesting aspects of the first two films and combining them into one cuz like the last thing I'd, I I want to see is is a Hellraiser 2 and it is literally Riley's like trying to go like has decided no I want I want Matt back and then tries to go into hell and recover him like the, like the original Hellraiser 2 like that would drive me up the wall I I just like if they're going to continue this I leave her out of it leave like, her out of it her story's I, done Right. I want like anthology films where mm, it's yeah. centered around one of the configurations, like somebody's goal to claim the prize of whatever configuration and then go from there. Yeah, I don't I don't um Yeah, I mean the actress is good. Like that's like the character of Riley is fine. Um but it's like this was her story and it's over. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't, I don't see what could be gained from her. Like she's not going to learn anything else. Like this is about as ultimate of a lesson you could learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just that's written. It's done. Um, yeah. So the other thing I did mean to say is I um, I loved all of the. If you're going to do CG, the way they did all the doorways and stuff is really good. Yes. I loved when like, oh, it's it's it popped up out of the ground. It's you know the idea that um when the doorways appear, you're pulled into like a little pocket hell dimension. Yes. And Absolutely. with um that was like the most I liked it in the little hospital because that was yeah. fun and spooky. Mm-hmm. Like uh, of this of the parts that may have been scary, that was like kind of the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once it got going, I was like, "Never mind, it's not scary." But um, <laughs> the, it, it had potential, right? Um, but when Nora is in the the van, and it just like extends, van, it's yeah. so good. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a really it's a, yeah, it's a um, like it is it that like feels like an actual Silent Hill transition, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, and then her her friends just like not knowing that she got spirited away, right? So messed up. Yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. That stuff is is really good, and yeah. once again, really evocative of, of Hellraiser two, where the wall would just open up, and then you walk through a stone hallway, and you're in hell, and there's Leviathan spinning yeah. around above you. Yeah, that, and then the engineer rolling around, and then in the passages trying to engineer you. Yep. Yeah, that's good stuff. I liked I liked those bits and so I I was missing that. Mm-hmm. Um and the it, it delivered with the like the scene with Nora and then in the hospital when it was just like though you could just see the wall just yeah, so good. Um so I like them showing that there's like another dimension beyond Mm-hmm. That they can uh, just willingly overlay and like sweep you up into it. 
Yeah. And I do like when Leviathan was summoned. That was a lot of fun. Yes. That was a really good set piece. Uh, especially because it, 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 it's altering the terrain on like such a massive step scale just by being there. Like it creates like it basically turns the entire area into like the weird hell labyrinth <laughs> when it's summoned. Yeah, it, it like created. I think there was a hedge maze there, maybe, but it just made it huge. Yes. Um, I think my other thing to pick with the movie is that um, Voight created uh, the 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 lattice work sealed his house. I don't always want an explanation, but I did want one for that because why is that stopping the center? It's maybe if there was like, all they had to do was show something inscribed upon it because the design's not intricate enough to go a, he's mimicking the box. Like you get, you get like an idea of that, but it's not, it's just like, I've seen, that's just a regular shapes. So like why can't why are they stopped if they can just warp through they can grab you out of a van. That's has metal. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, it's just some esoteric nonsense that he figured out through all of his debauchery and 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 you know nonsense search for pl- infinite pleasure. But no, I do understand. Like I, I, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm just saying. Like that was not satisfying at all. I'm just right. Like, uh, it's stopping them. Yeah. But it's just metal. Right. He's like, yeah, the also, steel stops them. They can't get through. Also, like, what is the what? Like, what's the point? Too, because it, that that kind of also assumes like they're still coming after him for some reason, even though he was the victor and got the prize. So why would he even need to? build a lattice work to protect himself from them. Well, I think originally he built it so when he kept doing the sacrifices he was sorry, safe. Oh right, but he but but then he built it around the entire mansion at some point. Cuz they show a photo of the mansion before and it doesn't have it surrounding it and that and i i don't know if we get an establishing shot outside of the mansion at the very beginning and i don't think it had it then either no i think it when you flip a switch i think it unfolds oh, around it the just, house it, oh oh okay oh yeah okay in that case yeah, it's not yeah, always that, there okay because i was just like under the impression like that he had put it up at some point during the six years that he disappeared and not like he flips a switch and it turns into a transformer <laughs> i mean maybe because he, his whole thing is he's trying to resummon leviathan right so he may have built that in order to try to get more sacrifices to keep them at bay while he stole the box again because oh, he has yeah. to be holding the box right is the problem for him and the fact that he can't like move, can't move good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he lives like the castle freak in the walls of the. He mansion. does live That's in the so walls. I, I I really wish that they had actually kind of played with that a little more too. And they like, didn't. yeah, it was a little un- unsatisfying because that was made, the part I that it was real dark when Nora was in the uh, the hallway. The, yeah, the, the, the crawl space. I couldn't yeah. see what was happening. 
Yeah. Like if if he had like built this place as like a weird, like easier access version of the puzzle box, like oh, kind of like cool. like kind of uh um we were talking about this uh Thirteen Ghosts where it was yeah. like a weird shifting house thing. Yeah, but that but that would have been a budget. I think they don't think that they had. Yeah, they they didn't. They, they, they I mean the the interiors of the mansion house is just really that in central room. Yeah, and then the little sidebar area where even though there was some sort of investigation at, into his whereabouts, there's still um, dust covered stemware as if the feds broke in on a gin joint party in the twenties. Yeah, it was it was a little silly. That oh, was and the, the piped only, in music was so bad. That was the only thing that I was just like, oh man, I really wish that they hadn't invested in this trope of like, oh man, the bomb went off and everybody died, but it spared the furniture and the stemware. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it about Hellraiser 2012. Oh, well, no, that isn't it, because we we should uh, tell everybody what Cameron thought of the film. We Yeah, we do have that, and then we also needed to say that, yes, um, uh, Voight did get his wish, and right. Pinhead is, or I guess Hell it is very, they're like, we can't take gifts back, we'd exchange them. We'll just swap you another one. Yep. And that was that was a fun scene. If you're gonna do fun CG like that collapsing machine like falling out <laughs> yeah, of him yeah. and then him healing up. Yes. Was good. <laughs> only only to get immediately giganto scorpion speared yeah, through the then, exact same spot. And then cenobited. Yep. Hey, guess what? That's what what power gets you. It gets you turned into a Cenobite. Yeah, because all their power is through um, uh, agony. Yes. But, yeah, so here are our readout. Cameron's thoughts. Overall impressions. I really, really enjoyed this movie. It's a solid horror film with believably flawed characters. I love that the Cenobites remained alien, but not actively malicious for most of the part. Um, They just no longer understand the wants and needs of mortal humans and see the suffering they inflict as gifts. Mm -hmm. In particular, near the end, when the priest learns that Voight was unhappy with his choice of the liminal gift, they were more than happy to exchange it for a different gift, but could not leave him without a reward for solving the puzzle box. (laughs) Yep, yep, that's, (laughs) that's on point, our last bit of to do. Uh, the Cenobite designs, these are all fantastic. A lot of them really lean into a more Silent Hill aesthetic, taking the original Hellraiser BS, uh, BDSM feel and twisting it with some extra body horror. Asphyx and Gasp are really disturbing in both their overall design, sound effects, and movement. Chatterer's new design is very cool and still feels appropriately menacing. The new pinhead is more reserved and feels more calculating, as if they are more distant. Yeah, yeah I would agree with all, all of that. Yeah. Um, in comparison, the original Pinhead feels like he aims for complete shock horror most of the time and is more in, uh, much more in your face. Yes. Uh, got to scroll. Um, the kills. There's some brutal stuff here. The needle through the voice box for Nora. 
um, feels incredibly violating, and there's plenty of impalings, bites, and skin degloving to go around. Real nasty stuff, but very well done. Uh, yeah, um, it's all it's all there. I wish there was more of it because yes. it just well, they they loaded it up for the back half, but then forgot that they were also killing people in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I um. Well, you watched it like three times, and that clearly like has formed what what this movie is for you. I like the um, the the extra world building they're doing with like the different configurations, and mm-hmm. then you get ultimate prize. Um, that's fun. Yes, that's some that's something a little different. Um, and that definitely wasn't what I was expecting when they had the first sacrificial little dude um uh when void's like yeah solve it yes so in in previous films um when you're when you're messing with the um la marchand box uh you can like do it wrong (laughs) yeah yeah and it just like jacks you up uh and you have to go through all the configurations to like it opens like different gateways and things Mm-hmm. messing with it so this one doesn't do that it stops at each state you 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 solve a you solve it for a puzzle like yes you solve for a, a form of it then whatever the next form is so it has to look a specific way right um and then the dagger comes out and if, if you manage to not get nicked by it um the that just makes the Cenobites angry. It's, yep, sure does. <laughs> yeah, like they're like you. You somehow avoid that blade was meant for you, and you avoided it, and now we're just mad. Yeah. Um. So go stick something with it, or trip on it, or something. Yeah. It, it, it feels like they would just make it cut you if you just like let it go for too long. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it. I think that I think the the hey, you you miss getting nicked, but you still like a sacrifice still needs to be made. Um, is like very ringy. Like you got yeah. I mean, it it literally summoned her brother. <laughs> yes. So it it will pull somebody from nearby. Because they gotta have that blood sacrifice. Because the, the boxes, each transformation, or no, your your wish, the, your boon granted by a Leviathan at the end when it gets to the sixth configuration is powered by like the blood and souls of the sacrifices before. So right. it, it literally like it it did a um, Prince of Darkness like shooting the goo into the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. To summon. Um, the space devil. So there you go. This movie's a lot of other movies um, <laughs> rolled into one, and I don't think it pulled like the best parts of those films. Right. Yeah. However, it's a fun entry into the overall mythology. Um, it's it's restarting it. So this is a, like a it's a branching a branching hell, like this is another hell dimension, you know, like alternate universe pinhead. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, I mean, I, once again, I, I've stated my thoughts on, like, if you're going to follow this movie up, this is what I'd like to see. And which, once again, you know, I don't think we need six more or five more films after this, but like. Well, you wouldn't even have to do that many because they showed off like three, three endings already. You right. can just do a second movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. And show, show off. Just keep the... it a neat, you know, two films. Oh, yeah. That would actually be kind of interest, interesting to like do, do it as a sequel as an anthology, like a multi-part anthology thing with different characters and different segments about the remaining configurations. Yeah, I would even, um, because of how this movie handled everything, I would like watch an animated one. Not not, not a CG, but like if they drew one. Or at least, you know, did it like DigiPaint or something. Mm -hmm. I would watch that. You could like do a lot of because you're not reliant on physical effects and you can just that medium, I think might handle what this is doing more. Better. Oh yeah. The, 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 the clown core that, that the yeah, series just requires. The way that, well, the way that this incarnation of it is kind of like dealing with the gore section of it. It's, it's, it's more sedate. Right. And they're like, oh, we have one impactful piece. Um, so this is a case of where I definitely would want to see, like, and I, and I know that this went through a bunch of rewrites. I would like to see the script oh, uh-huh. on this one. Like, the, 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 not the shooting script, but like the, whatever they initially did for this ru- incarnation of it. Mm-hmm. And then see, like, what they actually ended up doing. Like, with them, anyway, I, yeah, we, we see what they actually ended up doing with it, but you know what I mean? The, um, what they had planned out for the characters. And if there was like scripted death scenes for uh, the lawyer, I mean, I just, I understand with like the brother, like that makes sense. Doesn't right. specifically it works a little better if you don't see it as far as like understanding. So um, we'll, we'll wrap up in a second, but the one thing I did want to address was if this is someone's first foray into the series. Like if this is their first Hellraiser movie, it, it's it's having to address that, like that issue of there mm-hmm. being a bunch of other movies, but they're also pretty old at this point. And most of them are bad. <laughs> and most of them are not, not great. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the general audience for this is probably, they probably weren't alive when the first like three movies came out. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So with that in mind, like I'm trying to think of the general, like I don't even think that this is, I think this is younger than the paranormal activity generation. Oh yeah. And I'm trying to think of what other, um, what's uh, like the VHS series. Yes. Is more violent than this. Oh yeah. And I mean, that's depending on like the segment of the anthology, but it's that it's the same. It's, it's a, that's what we're working with. Like that's what's pops up on like shutter and things. I mean, at the very least, I would say if you like this, uh, if you like, uh, 2022, um, maybe 
look into watching the first, maybe the third one. If you're down Don't watch with the, the first vibe. two movies, it's, it's one story. Right. Um, mm. And maybe the third, if you're down <laughs> with its very 90s vibe, which, yeah. once again. You like CDs? They, they got CDs, kids. Yeah, you like cameras. You lo- yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that one. Yeah, that that movie. Like, more I think about it, because I really liked three when I was a dumb baby child. When I oh yeah, no, I watched that it. one the most. Right, and I'm like, ah oh, man, the cinema's so cool. It's so weird and gory. And now I'm just like, man, this is the most '90s nonsense I've ever seen, and it does not help this movie a lot. Yeah, um, it doesn't. I still like it. I still like yes. three, but yes. two is my favorite. Yes, because that gets into the weird, like, oh, you can open hell gateways, and there's weird stuff in there, um, and you get to see like the giant maze and Leviathan, and not know what it is. <laughs> yep, like there's no, there's just like that's that's Leviathan. And it's like this freaking diamond rotating in the. It's like what is it? What is that? Um, that's the but, god of hell. Yeah, it's and so before all the other stuff, uncaring. Yeah, you have no context for it because there's no other media. There's nothing else to pull from, right? At the time, and I still like to like go back to that mm-hmm. and then look at it and go, okay, I don't, I don't need all the stuff that came afterwards. Like I just, yeah. want, I just watch these two, and it's like such good, right? Movies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh all right. Send us home, Leonard. Send us back. Oh un, un, undo the box. <laughs> there there is no undoing. Oh yeah, that's right. You can't we can't what, take it back. We, we you can, can only go to the next step. Yeah. You can only <laughs> do all the do all the work again and then trade for something equally as awful. Um so, it was like, it was the line. It was like you can't you can't undo your your um, journey or whatever. It's like, you can only right. go further. Right. Um, yeah. So we'll go further by closing this out. Uh, Dave, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter uh, at sentient underscore plus. Uh, you can find the podcast um, on Twitter as well. We don't, it just kind of announce stuff in advance. There's not like magical things that are on that Twitter. There could be, if you want, like let us know. Tell us your wish. Um Wishmaster. Uh <laughs> it's uh, at uh, mon underscore D monster. And Cameron, you can find also on Twitter at night underscore twitten and that's night without a K. And Leonard, how about yourself? Yes, people can find me online at on Twitter at Dr. Faust is Dead. People can also find my work on YouTube by searching at Dr. Faust is Dead. And I think with that, we are going to call this episode. Thank you for joining us as always, and uh, we hope that you join us again for whatever we cover next time. We will see you then. Bye-bye, folks. Goodbye. Monster Dear Monster is brought to you by Fireheart Media. If you enjoyed the show, please share this and all of our episodes with friends. And remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. Word of mouth is the only way we grow. If you like, 
You can also kick us a few bucks to help us keep the lights on at ko-fi.com slash fireheartmedia. Check out our other show, Jalachan's Place, at www.jalachan.place.